Jackie Lang, uh, SVP of Global Client Solutions at IPG. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. Great to be here, Michelle. I'm so excited to be getting to connect with you in this way because as folks who are listening don't know, we're actually friends outside of um, the industry that we're both in. So getting to feature somebody that you actually know personally is like a true joy. Yeah, I'm thrilled. And I think I have to be thankful for uh, our connections through Chief. And it's it was the, I think it was the API event that you you really organized. And I just remember us sitting in the Chief office in LA, in Clubhouse in LA, and you're typing away, putting great ideas together, and you have this great activation around API month for all these different uh, Chief Clubhouse across the country. And we were even ambitious trying to include uh, UK, but ended up focusing on the US. Uh, it was such a great activation and brought a lot of people to the clubhouse and got um, us these, this community, sense of community going. And uh, I just spent some time with one of the uh, API vendors from, from that event last night, just sitting at the chief clubhouse with piano playing and just great conversation. Oh, amazing. It was such a lovely oh, connection. that's so amazing. Yeah, no, and I got to say that was such an adventure and what an incredible ride. And specifically, it was you, if I'm remembering correctly, who kind of gave me the nudge to do it. I was just spitballing ideas. And Jackie, you were specifically like, Michelle, you should do that. I'll totally support it. Of course, I will absolutely activate for us in San Francisco. And then I feel like that little bit of courage gave me the courage to actually bring it to the chief community where the head of DEI and impact at Chief Trey Boynton, she specifically said her feedback on the whole experience was setting the bar. She was mm -hmm. so grateful for the work that we got to collaborate on together, as am I. Um, but before we dive into all the cool stuff that you and I have done, uh, you know, in our advocacy journeys, I want us to tell the audience a little bit about your personal journey as a professional in the ad tech and media business. So tell us a little bit about you. Sure, sure. And and I'll, I'll go back a little bit because uh, I studied finance and marketing in, in college. And and that was during the time where the dot-com boom was happening in San Francisco. I went to University of San Francisco. It was just this great vibrancy and energy around advertising and the technology behind it. And that's just the start of it all. And for me, sort of college grad doing internship, this, this was a great exposure. And I sort of always had this drawn to being in ad sales. And uh, that's the journey that sort of led me from San Francisco to New York, um, working with various layers of technology within the ad tech space from a sales standpoint, selling to agencies and sometimes clients direct. And it ultimately, uh, you know, I think New York was New York was that Madison Avenue moment. Lived there for uh, quite a few years, six seven years, and had the opportunity to start a, a London office with one of the startup companies with uh, Max Point, which was subsequently uh, acquired. But it's been a great journey, and I'm now back in the Bay Area, 
I'm on the agency side. Um, before joining IPG, I was actually uh, with Oracle on their advertising side and the data cloud side. Um, that was the opportunity that moved me from London back to the Bay Area, and, you know, being the Redwood Show headquarters. Um, but I would say it's been a great journey just sort of seeing the ad tech industry evolve. You know, we've talked about that extensively as, as we got to know each other through Chief. And I think the evolution has been an interesting journey, but there's a little bit of this um, maturity point with the industry. And I think we're at the point in terms of, you know, to the name of this podcast, how do you break through the mayhem and what's this disruption and challenges for the industry look like? Absolutely. And I feel like that is actually how we initially connected. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, it was through Chief, but one of the ad tech and marketing meetups where I heard you actually speak about, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but I heard you speak about your personal journey as a thought leader in this industry, paving the way for new technologies. And so, I mean, I'm just so grateful that we're going to get to hear the inside scoop on what this journey has been like for you and just the experiences and expertise you can share with our listeners. But before we jump all the way into that, I wanted to just make a quick pit stop and ask you, because it's our origin story, it's how we connected. What is your experience with the work that we've been doing over at Chief and the Asian Pacific Islander group? And like, how has that actually enhanced your career so far and your work with, um, you know, creating a community around this industry, maybe even overall? That's a great question, and and thank you for asking that. And then I feel like you know it's it's this journey of de uh, development, and I would say it's a, it's about leadership development. I think we're at this point in our career where you know there's there's people you work with, there's people you manage, and being able to um, have a quick turnaround. I think it was it was it was literally less than a month in terms of having uh, an API event in the month of May and connecting uh, with our partners, bringing people to the chief clubhouse, getting the word out, having a panel event. There's a lot of details that happens and it's reflective of the daily lives, professional lives that we're in. You know, things is always gonna come up. There's different priorities that's gonna pull at you. The what's the common goal It's getting this event put together and having everybody working on different parts aligned to a common goal that you're driving towards. And it's really sort of building sort of that leadership skill set. And I'm at a current point in my career where I get to work with a lot of different people, but it's it's having the right influence to, you know, there's no direct report. I can't tell you what to do. And even with direct reports, you can't really tell them what to do. So what's what's the way to to um, understand their 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 where they're coming from, and meeting them where they are, and bringing them along the journey to get to that common goal together. So I would say through Chief, it's been a great experience, and and also working with you and learning from a lot of um, intelligent women on leadership development and hearing about the different challenges and knowing that whatever you're going through, you're not going through it alone, and you can learn go on this in, intense learning growing journey with all these Chief uh, community. I think that you're hitting on exactly a point that we've been talking about at the Chief X conference that I'm actually recording live from. Nice. Um, Carrie Washington was one of the featured guests and she was asked, um, you know, what's her secret? Like, how does she do it all? And she goes, have great partners. That was her answer. And so part of the reason I was asking that question as we move into the rest of the questions on your professional journey is I think that one thing that makes you unique is as you explain all of the places of expertise and impact that you've had in your career, 
I noticed that the way that you've been building has always been around this sense of leaning on your partners and relying on community to provide your customers and clients with best-in-class performance, outcomes, support, relationship building, whatever that, uh, whatever that is. But I think that's why I asked the question is because I noticed that in your career, community and partnership has been a big part of how you support best-in-class client service excellence. So actually with that, I'd love to ask you uh, about your experience, your expertise and history of building customer advisory boards. So let me just give you a little bit of background. I think here at Sightly, as you know, we're really excited about the ad tech that we've been building, brand mentality we think is the way forward. Of course, I know we've had a lot, lot of side conversations about that. What we've found, similar to your journey, is that leaning into a customer advisory board helps to drive innovation. It keeps your ear to the ground, but it also helps to solidify those key client stakeholder relationships. And I know you've had a ton of experience with that. So can you just like share with the audience a little bit, what are some of the secrets that you have around uh, creating successful cabs? Yeah, and 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 that was one of the um, chief panel event that I was speaking at, just about setting up cabs. And I think in in the tech world, also in SaaS, you know, there's a lot of challenges around standing out and getting partners and vendors and and clients to spend money, right? So you rely a lot on the ecosystem. Even in that tech, it's the same way. There's there's this, uh, you know, we, we jokingly call it the frenemy relationship, right? You have the people that you're competing with, but you're also working together. And I think this is the, uh, uh, when I was at Oracle and I had just moved from London to back to the San Francisco um, Bay Area and it's really know me in, in the U.S. market, um, I'm just getting to know the lay of the land. And um, I, I was on a more sort of activation focused sales team and we have uh, this whole partnership team. And selfishly, my personal goal is to get into that partnership team because that is kind of my ethos, as you brightly mentioned and pointedly. And I think the the way instead of saying I want to I want to be in that team is seeing an, an opportunity on the field and saying, you know what, we have a way to really bring together these agency people. They know Oracle, they know Oracle advertising. They are using some of our data, but how do you elevate that relationship? and get go from top down and bottoms up really combine that together and that was the uh sort of uh, uh sort of the the, the idea seeded for, for a cap and that allowed me to raise my profile that allowed me to sort of put together a, a, a framework again sort of that leadership de development right owning something seeing through talk to product get them involved come along on this thing with me. Why do you need to be involved in it? Because you get to hear from customer firsthand. Um, get get the leaderships buying. This is what we can do. We'll focus one one holding group at a time and you know, building the business case behind it. So there was a lot of um, internal stakeholder mapping and uh, convincing. And then it's working with the partnership team that knows the senior relationship and working with um, on in the field clients across different regions. I was on the West Coast, we got a Midwest person, we got an East Coast person. So uh, a great exercise at, um, you can call it curtain cats, but I see it more as 
building a relationship. And again, that back to the original point of leadership development, influencing in the right way, inviting people to come on this journey and, and driving towards setting up a cap. And it was during the pandemic. We did it all over Zoom. Um, got marketing support with some sort of, you know, welcome sheet that we emailed, a background that, you know, showcased their title. So there's this little, nice little touch that we were able to bring in, have some icebreaker just to kind of joke about the pandemic and working from home. Feels like so long ago, but it's really not. Um, and we were able to do it on a quarterly basis for, um, for I think, uh, three or four uh, uh, get-togethers. So quite successful in having the right theme and keep bringing these people back uh, to engage in industry challenges and just sharing. Um, uh, I think we'll talk more, a little bit more about this, but even within the big holding company, there's different agencies. There's holding company level and individual agency level. So helping to break down that silo a little bit. Uh, and I would say overall, it was quite successful. And I'm, I've since left Oracle, but um, I would love to see if they roll that out to other um, agency holding companies. That's amazing. So I'm just going to read back some notes that I wrote down. I was like furiously scribbling down notes because I'm like, Jackie's giving us the, the tea. Okay. So I heard that you built out a framework that sounded very cross-functional, which you said herding cats, but that's kind of what it is, right? It yes. sounds like you came up with the idea, then you had to work directly with partnerships, marketing, and then building the relationships with the clients and the customers. And what I really liked that you said, one of the key learnings I heard come out was that one of the uh, elements was bringing people back. I think that when you're creating a sense of community, we can all join that meeting one time and feel really great about it and pat ourselves on the back. But it's that repetitive behavior of engaging in community around this centralized goal that feels really meaningful that as a customer and as a thought leader for the cab, you are together driving and creating impact. How long would you say, like there's a there's an element of ritual there, right? So yeah. how long would you say each of your quarterly meetups were? Like, are you asking your customers for, you know, 15 minutes or is this a more meaningful connection? Uh, definitely more meaningful. We try to break it into chunks, right? So it's it's about 90 minutes. Um, there's definitely a little bit of us talking, but the goal, we were very clear in upfront and as with any sort of sales conversation, you want our, the customers to speak more. So the idea is to have a theme, you know, I think one of the first one was around just how to handle the cookie list challenge. We're still talking about talking about it, but we're still it is talking about the theme. It. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so have a theme around it and have teaser questions, you know, so-and-so uh, at this agency, we were coming from it from this perspective, tell us about it. So, so there's that facilitating role that becomes quite key as well. You need to have the knowledge of, of the business that the, um, represents the client. You need to have the clients that are behind these agencies. So um, I say there's a little bit of orchestration and making sure because I, I I wasn't doing the moderating, um, my boss was. So making sure she has the right information, this person is is uh, uh, these things. It's like a production, and 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 sort of having your notes, having your background, and having your lines, and having your cues. Um, uh, quite a, um, I would say, a lot of prep goes into it, but um, being able to see it come together really well, and having the community, having that sharing. 
and saying, oh yeah, this person I've known within the company, within the whole company forever. And it's great that we're finally talking now and just being like-minded and hopefully, and I'm quite sure that they will connect afterwards to share ideas, collaborate and help drive growth for the agency. Did you find it difficult to get those high-level clients and agencies to actually um, commit to 90 minutes quarterly? I think that that feels, you know, just as someone who's been working in this business, absolutely possible, but it also feels a little intimidating. And I guess the real question I'm asking is, how did you, like, what was in it for them? What was in it for them to create, like, for them to feel the impact, to feel like their decisions mattered, that they keep showing up and keep actually dedicating those 90 minutes to you? Yeah, yeah, I think that that took a little bit of challenge, and uh, sometimes people do fall out, last minute things do come up, um, but there's an element of you're our trusted advisor, and 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 they the sort of the value exchanges we're giving them first look into the product development roadmap, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. and to to the agency thought leaders, it's helpful for them to know uh, being the cutting edge and knowing what's coming up at Oracle side, and say and being able to. Uh, to to know that Oracle values my thoughts and and input as they are building out, you know, um, the CDPs or sort of you know the clean room environments. Um, I think at that time it was very smart. Oracle was calling it the data sanctuary. You know, what do those environments look like? How should it be? What would be important to you? So having that product involvement um, back to the herd and cats and and getting them excited and say, hey. You know, product team, I'm connecting you with the, with your first-hand customer, and agency, I'm connecting you with the if the tech innovation that we're doing. Let's invest some time together. Um, I think it was helpful that during the pandemic, nobody was really going anywhere. It's not like um, <laughs> everybody's kind of you know on their Zoom call, so it made it it made it easier. And I think normally it would take a lot of orchestration, and um, I don't know, it would have been as uh, seamless if it wasn't during the pandemics. So maybe that's one good thing that came out of the pandemic. But that is, you know what, that's actually a really good piece of advice that you want to take into account life context. I know that that kind of gets into the realm of brand mentality a little bit, because that's kind of the whole premise is how are you contextually relevant to people's lives. But specifically, you designed a cab experience that was relevant for um, the context of our lives at that time or the context of your customers' lives at that time. But I also really loved, I, I pulled out a highlight that you said as part of the value exchange, that product involvement. What I found with the way that Sightly manages our customer advisory board experience is it's really about exactly that. How do we lean in with a client to get their opinion on if they had a magic wand, what would they do with the platform capabilities, AI, data science? Like, what does that mean for them? if they could create something for them. And it sounds like you guys were able to really harness that relationship and then actually deliver that value exchange, right? Because it's not just about like asking the questions, it's also about, okay, we listened and now here's what we're doing and here's the impact you're having on our product roadmap because of you. Yeah, I think you're perf- you're perfectly right and you captured it, Michelle. It's, it, how do you build on the first conversation that you solicit some feedback? And you want to make sure product takes some notes and saying, these are some of the iterations that we've taken into account. And here's this next iteration we want to get your thoughts on or input on, or here's a prototype, or you could you be our beta tester? You it's the it's the building on again, you know, back to the theme of going on that journey. It has to kind of move forward. And there's that North Star of what are we driving towards? You got you get to become 
part of our, you know, the product development team, if you will. Yep. Yep. And I love, I'm going to use that, the North Star piece to take us into our next um, question. Because I think one of the things that I want to hear more from you about is, well, what is the North Star, in your opinion, of this industry? Let me ask that differently. You've got, uh, you know, multiple decades of experience in technology and media. And so I'm wondering, what are your current insights about what is the North Star our industry might want to be thinking about through the lens of your experience? Um, and and the big one, the, you know, not so small elephant in the room, right, is like data-driven decision-making and specifically AI. So I want to hear from you, like from a North Star perspective, what would you uh, say is something that uh, is a key insight of like the the big challenge in our industry right now. Yeah, I, I would say just to look, look, I'll look back and look forward. Um, I think looking back, all these tech uh, evolutions and the ad tech um, companies have, cu- have come and went, it's all about that right message at the right time, the age old, right? And we're in this phase now where it's data driven, still trying to get to the same thing. And from 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 the work that I do um, at IPG now, we really try to think about it from, you know, what's the motivation, what's the mind state on, and what's the moments that you want to connect your consumer with. And data helps inform that. But there's a little bit of, you know, back to the, sort of the, the challenges. If you, you can you can zoom in on the data crunching and get really deep, it's easy. Data's there. There's a lot of data. Everybody has data. It's a commodity. But it's about how you use that, how you use that in, in the way that still addresses the core questions. It's the right message at the right time in that meaningful way, looking at the right moments. What's the consumer's mindset in a good place or bad place? A positive news, negative news, brand mentality, right? From Sightly. Um, all that plays a part. So I think there's a little bit of the science and art coming together. And and that's a skill, I think. And we have, we have I see our creative guys, they're so smart. They have these great strategies, they have great vision. That's the art form. And we see the data scientists, they're in their SQL, they're, you know, running queries. They're so deep into it. And being able, it's almost like being able to take a step back and then the left brain and the right brain coming together. We human individuals are creative beings, and we have these tools that to make us more creative. So, the 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 marrying of that art and science is the balancing act. Um, I, I I think some people do it better than others. I I would like to say I'm trying to strive towards that, and and sometimes it's not always easy because you just you, you can go down these two paths very quickly, very deeply. And here at Lately, I think you've probably heard from other guests or um, hosts on our podcast, but I think that we feel exactly the same way about balancing this art and science and specifically around humanizing marketing. Because Very I think true. when you over-rotate, and this I know, like I borrow some of this language from you, when you over-rotate on data-driven decision-making, you're losing that human element. And it's like, how do we constantly find that? Um, and navigate that balance. And I'm curious for you, as you've been doing that at a, one of the largest holding companies in the world, right? Like, how is IPG uh, influencing the industry or innovating in its own right to, to kind of address? I mean, maybe I should ask it this way first. 
what are the biggest challenges that you see that um, our industry is struggling with to navigate that balance? I think within companies, within holding companies, even within one agency, there are certain silos that happens. You know, there's still the process where strategy needs to breathe creative and, and they have to take the client brief, translate that into a creative and deliver that. And then they, there's this process of getting some, some messaging back. In the same time, we're coming in to inform the data on uh, a persona that the client has that may or may not be right, that may be based on whoever. So the agency may have their perspective. So how do we use data to shift the client's perception? There's one aspect of it. But I think back to my original point is, you know, you've got all these different teams trying to busy bodies work on a campaign, work on a pitch, and pulling in the nothing they need to. But uh, again, there's a little bit off. We're so busy on the day-to-day, you know, lifting that head back and making sure all the pieces have that thread through, that commonality. And we like to say data is that piece that can kind of bridge that together. You know, the right mindset with the right brand mentality can stitch a lot of these silo pieces, if you will, together. And sometimes, uh, when when you're very much in a, in a quick turnaround and day to day, when people work in silo, the finished product in the presentation to the client just doesn't kind of thread through, and you raise this question: like, this piece doesn't make sense. That piece doesn't connect with that piece, and it kind of it, it, it it's it's tough when that happens, but it does happen sometimes. And um, I think that's the challenge that we see from from the agency side, and that, that often also happens. I think coming from uh, the vendor and partner side. That also happens when you have a big presentation that you need to deliver to a client with the agency. So you got different stakeholders trying to orchestrate some things. And do we have time to run the agency through the presentation that we have? Maybe, maybe not, because it's not completely finished. So we'll do this piece. So um, it's not always seamless. Um, and and there's always best intention behind it. But I think being able to uh, have the big picture in mind, again, the right leader should be able to bring everybody on the journey, even though there's a lot of the craziness, even though there's a short time around guiding to guiding the team to that North Star. So I heard a couple of themes addressing silos and cohesive leadership, I feel like keeps coming through a lot of the stories that you're sharing with us. Um, the other thing I would say is that you mentioned that, you know, the holding companies aren't doing it perfectly. But one thought that came to mind when you said that is that I think also as folks who've been in this industry or any industry, honestly, for a while, when you're innovating or you're actually addressing a large challenge, perfect is the enemy of progress. And I take us back to the conversations around cabs and customer advisory boards. It's like, was any innovation perfect the first time? Is any current innovation that you rely on perfect ever, right? I think that during the pandemic, maybe like... No one's Uber was working, but we still all like use ride sharing services, right? And yes. so I think it's like innovation invites mistakes and imperfection. And I think that one thing that you didn't say, but I'm starting to kind of also hear is that being risk averse and having a perfectionist mindset is just something that I think we have been afforded the privilege in technology and innovation. Um, the ability to get imperfectly. But one thing I think is unique and why I liked what you shared around cabs um, is that as we navigate paths imperfectly, when you're coming back to 
the North Star when you're coming back to, um, you know, ethics. We didn't even get into uh, data yes. usage and ethics, but when you're coming yeah. back to all of these topics, it's like to your point about cohesive leadership and addressing the silos, those are how you address and bravely fix the problems that you might not otherwise have even encountered without the appetite for risk of innovation. Yeah. And and I would say, my my personal motto is always, and, and I argue with my husband about this, he's a perfectionist, but I always say done is rather than perfect, right? So there's a, that's why we met multiple times as a cat, because it's iterative. That's why when we make a proposal to clients, it's, it's a face approach. You know, it's a cheesy term, but it's qua walk, run, right? So what's the thing that's available right now? And what's the thing we want to work towards? That's the North Star. So, and then there's this, all these steps in between that comes into play. And uh, they, I think data-driven, the, the brand mentality, you have all these great tools to kind of help you get to those stages in terms of where do we want to be right now? You know, one of the recent examples is we have a client that's in in the travel industry and there's a need for uh, staff right now just because travel is booming. So that's the immediate solve. But then sort of the longer term is how do you think about recruiting the right staff? How do you um, go down the funnels to start like recruiting from um, training academies or something like that? So. I think I think that that I feel like that's the story piece uh, that we touched on earlier, is 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 being able to again, as mentioned this a few times, lift your head up and think about okay, it doesn't have to be perfect, but we have to do something. We have to innovate. We have to help solve client problems, and these are some of the ways that we are able to do it. Yeah, it has to be iterative. It has to be dynamic. And one thing we talk about a lot at Slightly, as you know, is like you have to be able to keep up with the external life forces and the context of things that people are going through right now. And customers think about that for their end consumers, but you know, being in technology, it's a little bit more B2B or a lot more B2B. Yes. That's sort of how we think about innovation also is like, how are our technology solutions helping our clients and the businesses that we support be iterative and be dynamic and even the way that they do business? Because that yeah. creative that they made that made sense when they brainstormed it six months ago doesn't make sense anymore now that it's actually the campaign live date. Yeah. Uh, and then that goes back to your point about data-driven decision-making and the balance between the art and science and humanizing it, right? It's speaking into yeah. that context for external life forces. Who's getting it right? Jackie, can you give us maybe some examples of brands or businesses that you've seen, you know, do navigate the balance successively, be dynamic with the external uh, forces as a context of life? That's a great question. I think there's lots of good examples of, of um, brands doing it, right? If you think of a marketing uh, a sort of campaign, we have the tenpole seasonality that comes into play. Uh, there's a layer of, um, you know, the life stages that comes into play. You can break down with all kinds of different data that's available, um, the channel that they are on, on in terms of a small screen or a big screen, text or audio, right? So all these becomes tactical uh, executions that can be paralysis almost. And again, pick your head up, you know, zoom out. What's the ultimate message? A lot of it is driving growth, driving revenue on some level, but how do you increase that mind share? So what does that execution look like in that context on that audio environment, which is more intimate, you connect more and there's research behind that. So so being able to understand all that nuances is key. And 
can't, I can't think of an example on top of my head. And, and I would say, I think a lot of the CPG brand are good at those right moments. Um, a lot of finance brands are good at those life stages. Um, and is there one brand that's ultimately doing it fully? Um, I have to think about that and get back to you. Well, yeah, no, I think that that brings up a good point though, right? And I think that that's where full circle, that's, I think, and I'd love your opinion on this. That's where I think there's a, a massive opportunity for innovation in our industry to really create the kinds of solutions so that brands can meet the needs of consumers in the context of their life that change at you know a matter of of a moment because yeah. consumer decision making and buying patterns are influenced by those external life forces. So, you know, obviously that's a big priority for us here about how we think about things, you know, at Sightly and helping to arm our clients in that way. And I know that's something that you guys have talked about over at IPG around the innovations that you think about are your how you're harmonizing all the different teams and stakeholders along the marketing supply chain, essentially from creative to PR comms to media, right? So yes. I think yes. I think that 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 kind of like I, I'm really hearing cohesive leadership and addressing <laughs> silos be like the theme of the whole podcast. Um, would you say there's any other big opportunities that you would kind of flag of, you know, what, what are some big opportunities that agencies or tech companies or businesses have to quote unquote, get it right? Not perfect, but mm -hmm. get it right for the time. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of desire for trying to do the right thing, trying to, you know, you touch on data ethics, trying to be sensible and trying to be ethical and trying to focus on inclusivity. And again, I would bring it back to that balance of art and science. You know, you have the data and you have the storytelling and brands come from different sides of the, these, 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 these um, left and right brain. Agency also covers these two sides as a partner, help us cover that two sides. You know, the brand mentality has a lot of great stats and, and insights, but how does it apply, you know, um, help a, a, a junior planner paint that story in the context of the brand that he's working on, right? This is like sales 101 a little bit, but that storytelling, that art form in terms of this means, you know, um, a, a young, um, high income, not yet rich person cares about status in terms of having the right car or that message around, you know, socializing with friends and being out at nice dinners is important. Paint that context, paint that environment back to that moment and mind state. And how does the data kind of support that, right? How does the technology put that right message in that uh, right environment? Totally. Yeah. So we're still, we're all the way back at the beginning of our conversation yes. around, right? Message, I'm pretty right consistent, time, right? as you can Content. tell. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I think you're actually, it's not just consistency. You're actually just really emphasizing the key problems and the key challenges. And then therefore also then the biggest opportunities that our industry has to, to solve some of these problems and challenges, not just for the industry, but I, what I really also love, I hear you saying is like, especially for the end consumer, right? How are the needs of the end consumer being met? And then how are businesses being able to stay continuously informed and then kind of dynamically in sync uh, with those needs? Shouldn't. Okay. So this brings us to, I'm ready to, to wrap us up. This actually brings us to 
a quick little lightning round that I wanted to do with you, if that's okay. Sure, let's do it. Okay, so just first uh, top of the mind answers doesn't need to be like very well thought out, but just really quick answers and I wanna get your perspective. So the first question is name your favorite mission-driven business and why? I did think about that a little bit. Um, mission driven to me is not necessarily like, you know, we'll donate a pair of glasses to, you know, the needy if you buy a pair of glasses or donate a pair of shoes to, uh, if you buy a pair of shoes. I feel like it's the consistent um, on brand uh, of a company. Uh, I'll say Lululemon just because it's that wellness. Uh, get people moving and having the right wear and making you feel good uh, and and doing the right thing. And, you know, we're in California. A lot of people wear their little lemons all through their lives. So I think there's that kind of lifestyle of just the everyday life consistency. And thank God for athleisure, right? Yes. Like I'm just so grateful Pandemic, for the entire category. Perfect. Yes. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, second question, and the last question before I, before we say goodbye is, what would you leverage your courage for? Um, I think I wouldn't consider myself courageous, but I think it's the it's the everyday confidence, right? And and being able to um, pass it on to the people I work with, um, mentor uh, young women, um, having the peer camaraderie at chief and supporting each other. That's what I would leverage my career for. Um, so I would say being, being consistent is the, that community we talked about, you know, how do I protect, uh, give confidence to my team, work nicely with others on my team, work well with my boss and get, get, get shit done. I can say that, right? I, you can believe it out. Um, and you can say that. Okay. <laughs> when uh, I'm hosting, we can say that. Okay, good. GSD, we'll say. Um, and, and, and that same courage is, is about, you know, uh, building that for the women that, that I spend time at the chief clubhouse, the, uh, young women that I mentor and, and see them come up in throughout their careers. So that's trying to, to, to build her career after college. Um, that's what I will use my courage for. Oh, beautiful. Of course. And you're doing such an incredible job of it, Jackie. Thank you so much for sharing your courage, uh, your expertise and your experience with us today. Oh. Uh, I hope that anyone listening can, uh, follow up with you and follow along with your career so that they know where to find you, where might be able, where might people be able to find you and your work online? Uh, LinkedIn, that's probably the best ad. I'm off Twitter, slash X, but uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds great. Well, we'll put all of the links to that and IPG and your work there uh, in the show notes. But thank you again for spending some time with us today. And we look forward to talking again soon. Thank you, Michelle. It's been such a pleasure. You are just an inspiration. Oh, I feel the same way about you. All right, we'll close this out for today. Thank you so much for listening to Breaking Through the Mayhem and we'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Hannah, one of the producers for Sightly's Breaking Through the Mayhem podcast. We want to thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about the guests we had on today, 
We've included additional information about them in the show notes. Finally, if you'd like to be on the podcast, or if you know someone that would make a great fit, you could fill out the form at sightly.com forward slash podcast. We hope you have a great day.